That's John's uh, bag of film. Hey, welcome to FPP 150. <gasps> wow. Whoa, I remember when, like, 150. Back in the day when I used to read, like, Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine. You know, be like, you know, big 150th issue. Wow, dun, they did dun, that dun. many? Oh, yeah, they did. They're still going. I don't know, wow. folks out there who, from the 1960s and 70s, all you... Old people. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very funny thing, because, you know, you and I refer, oh, yeah, I'm middle-aged. We're going to be using that middle age till we're, like... Heck yeah. Ill, Ill used by people. Well, it's extending. Depends on how good you hold up. Stay away from McDonald's and you'll be all right. Film photography. Yeah, apparently that's not even food in there. No, it's just awful. Bleach. Soylent green. (laughs) (laughs) Film photography podcast, issue number 150. Yay. Big issue number 150. July 15th, 2016. This is our uh, show before uh, our summer break. What show? Yes. Thank you, John. Uh, John Fideli is here later in the show. What show? Leslie Lazenby, <gasps> Matt Marash, and what? Mark O'Brien You're are going to be playing. Yes. Actually, uh, they're going to be the show. You're just I'm hanging just, out. I'm just bookending it. Yes. Okay. John's hanging. In this big show, we have lots of things planned. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But mm. the first thing is John came in here with a bag. Mm. It's a bag of film. So 35 millimeter film. What holds the film is called cartridges or carts. Yeah. And the... The plastic container that your film is in is a can. I thought maybe, you know, because film canisters Ooh, I'm gonna send were this. made out of metal and quite different looking. So I didn't know if they changed the name over the years. For folks out there listening and the, all the John Fideli fans. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Mom. So let's see. What, for folks who want to know, oh, what does John Fideli shoot? He shoots 35. Mostly. He you shot the Shmina 400 black and white. Yeah. What did you shoot this in? Do you remember? Uh, I think that was uh, the Museum of Natural History. Did you notice there. how wafer thin it was when you loaded it? Yeah. Well, it didn't load correctly <gasps> into the camera. It, I had my uh, mini Leica, like a mini. I thought it had loaded, and I'm shooting, and it was on zero, and I'm oh. like, oh, shoot. So you opened it as the tail was still it, there. Yes. It, it had not caught. So. But I think it has less to do with the, the thinness of the film, more to do with just, you just, just being stoops, yeah. yeah okay, got that. Let's see what else. Oh, here's a fave. We don't, we don't, um, in the FPP online store, we sell an awful lot of Portra 160 and Portra mm. 400, but not as much as Port, not as much as we should of Portra yeah. 800. I loves it. It's a really nice film. Yeah. It's a really beautiful film. It's sweet for such a high SA. I gotta say. It is. It's a sweet film. John shot his Minolta X700. Yeah. Dance. What's it say? Oh, that's uh, my daughter's dance recital. Here's a roll of Kodak nice 400. That uh, I have to say that Mark gave me. A nice uh, 120-millimeter lens or something like that. Oh, Mark Dalzell gave you a yeah. zoom lens. He gave me a oh, zoom and Mark's going to be on the show later. Oh, Mark. Yeah. Oh, good. Here's the rule. Speaking of Mark, Mark would call this boring films. Yeah. That's boring. Yeah. Uh, Kodak 400. Yeah. Like Kodak, uh, I think they also call Ultramax. Where did you get this? Probably from you. Okay. Next boring roll. Yeah. Fuji Color Superior Extra. I got that off uh, eBay's. Okay. I got a whole bag of that stuff. And how does it look? Eh, you know, it's okay. Boring. It's boring. <laughs> but I got like 12 rolls of it, and that was, I think that's the last one. Is it fresh? Was it like, does it look good? Like the uh, color is good? Yeah, yeah. It's okay, here comes the fun stuff. Okay. Uh, John shot a roll of Kodak Vision 3 200D. This is motion picture film. Yeah. We've been talking about this forever. As a matter of fact, we talked so much about it, I was mm. amazed. I talked to John on the phone earlier today. You know all about it. Tell me what's special about this film. It's got a rim jet on no, it. Oh, my God. Yeah. What does that mean? It's got, it's got black stuff all over it. What does that mean? 
it's it's coated so that it won't get scraped in the film cameras, right? In the motion picture cameras. I think it has to do with friction. Yeah. You know, 24 frames per second running through. Oh, really? Yeah. I think someone sent me an email correcting me saying that's not why. Oh, I thought it was to protect the film or something. That's what I thought, too. So this needs to be self-developed in our, our color negative kit. Like we did in my kitchen for yes. that YouTube video. Folks out there listening, have you seen our new video? <laughs> FPP color negative kit. I took it to John's. To my kitchen. Yes, to his kitchen. We did a video. It's on uh, uh, YouTube. Film Photography Tube, Tube is the channel. Well, the film we have been talking about that John shot, I'm sending to our good friends at thedarkroom.com. The Darkroom. Uh, I think we have a letter in there about The Darkroom. Yeah, we do. Uh, they do an awesome job, and that's why I keep talking about The Darkroom, because they do not disappoint. Nope. And they especially don't disappoint with the developing the color infrared film. Mm. I got an email. I, I copied Leslie on it. There was a guy. He shot the color infrared. Came out just monotone green. Like, you know, one color, green. What happened? He didn't send it to the darkroom is what happened. Oh, who'd he send it to? I don't know. Some, some guy in New York. Some guy in it New York. It looked like it was processed black and white and then scanned in a col- with color mode on. So if oh. you scan black and white with color mode oh, on, I you'll see. get like a monochrome. Like you could so it's set- just the scan that's bad, not the film. I asked him to look at the film. I haven't heard back yet. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, tell me. Like, I ask questions, and then I need, and he'd really send me the answers. Well, you want to hear a success story letter? Well, let me just, real quick. Okay. Okay, so 250D. I'm going to process this for John in my kitchen. And here's the find of the day. Mm. A roll of Seattle Filmworks for all you FPP diehards. A few years ago, maybe yeah. last year or the year before, I did a whole show, a segment talking about the great Seattle Filmworks. Man, it's all I used to shoot in the 90s. Yep, me too. You shoot it. It's great. Get Pop it, it in the envelope. And yep, get done. it back. Free film. Awesome. Free replacement film. And the Seattle Filmwork films was nothing more than re-rolled Kodak Vision film. I don't know if it was called Vision film back then, but it was motion picture film. And, uh, you know, the special process, ECN-2, but uh, Seattle Filmworks calls it special process SFW-XL. C14. <laughs> could only get it processed at their shop. Special. And, yeah. So it was special. Uh, I found, I think that's the role I found at my father's house. My dad's in the process of moving into a retirement community. Right. All right. So what does the letter say? The letter was about the infrared photography. Oh, who's it from? It says, I sent my latest test roll of IR film to the darkroom. Pleased to announce that it worked like a charm. Difficult film to use. I did a few different tests and a few are usable, but I guess that is because the IR light is variable. Yes. And it wasn't a very bright sunny day. Yes. So you need a bright sunny day to shoot this yes who's it from this is from hadrian okay hadrian laflonic laflonc i had uh on the website uh had the wrong information i was calling it that i said that infrared film needs uv and i was incorrect it needs ir infrared Mm. light in the infrared spectrum yeah and it varies from day to day. Does it really? Yes, it does. Depends on sunspots and whatnot. All sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, when we shot in Ringwood Park years ago, me, you, Dane. I remember. I shot IR film, and it came out kind of like, almost like purpley. It was just different. It was the fall. Like the Lomo purple? Yes, it looked more like that. But it was the fall. Hmm. I guess the sun isn't as vibrant. It's lower in the sky. Yeah, yeah. so you your results will vary. And I think that he calls it a difficult film because it's a color slide film. You know, E6. It's just E6 processing film. Right. And the latitude is not as wide. He says he's going to save some for his summer trip, so keep us posted. 
I subscribe to his, uh, I put some links there. I went to his uh, Facebook page and I likes it. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I likes them. Okay. So, cool. folks listening, we uh, have a Facebook page, by the way. We have over uh, 10,000 organic likes. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. But all of a sudden, you'll see like a link of something and it'll say sponsored. So, Facebook now, like when I post, I could boost the post by what? paying them cash money. What? So, organic means. Organic means that. Non solicited? That's right. That, you didn't like pay somebody to get right. those likes. <sighs> yeah. You know what the new revolution's going to be? No, tell get me. Get people's faces out of their friggin' computers and phones and get them uh, back in the real world. Don't know if there'll be movements, I think. Revolution! Uh, this is a letter from C.W. Daily. C.W. Yeah, C.W. Daily. What's Hello, he gang. I'm a fellow podcaster over at cybercast.com. Oh, how do you spell that? C-Y-B-R-C-A-S-T. Uh, but he's also a film shooter, of course, I hope. I found your podcast while, uh, a while back and simply love it. You are all so good together and the knowledge shared is just wonderful. Funny thing is I had been looking for true daylight tanks for a while and had finally pulled the trigger on new old stock Rodinex 35U and was pleasantly surprised to hear you all talking about it on the latest show. What show? I can't wait to give it a shot. I wanted... To know, have you all tried using the C41 color kit you sell? Yeah. Oh, man. How did it turn out? Keep up the great work, CW. Oh, man. I forgot to mention, uh, every two weeks we have, a, we have a film of the month every two weeks. Film of the oh, month? I'm sorry, film of the week. <laughs> I would hope so, yeah. It's the film of the every other week, but it's just film of the week. So this week, mm-hmm. everyone wants to know what the special is. I'm going to tell you right now, special. What's so special? What's so special? Mm. The special... For these two weeks, you get the kit plus three one-liter bottles plus two rolls, absolutely free, of our Kodak hand-rolled Vision 3 50 Daylight Film. Mm. This is an amazing film, especially for summer, and it's perfect for our home development kit. And in with those two rolls, in case you're scared, don't be scared, because it's a motion picture film it has that rem jet that we've been talking about this is a perfect opportunity to try it because it's absolutely free and i'll put a little cheat sheet in with the film it's just one extra little step where you use your thumb to remove the rem jet and it's cake so once again in review the fpp color negative development kit the one liter kit comes with three Bottles, plastic bottles, plus two rolls of Kodak Vision 3 50D. 50D. If you are a Kodak Ektar fan, you will love this 50 ISO film. Fantastic. Michael, how do you do it? <laughs> the C41 kit you've been buying for 20 bucks, you're going to get all this extra stuff. I'm going to be your father for a bit. Michael, you're going to lose your shirt. <laughs> what are you, nuts? My dad said forget about it the other day. Did he? Yeah. For real, unsolicited. Yeah. Hey, forget about it. I think he said, what are you going to do, too? Uh, what are you going to do? That's second only to forget about uh, it. Folks out there listening, if you want to really key in on those kind of expressions, you watch uh, Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. And watch Casino. Oh, yeah. John and I. Get in on it or forget about developed it. Developed our own film in his kitchen. Uh, if I can do it, anybody could do it. It's really easy. Yeah, it's true. Of course, you do need the basics, uh, a tank and reel. And film. To hold Shot your film. film. Shot film. 
a, a squeegee. When I when we did the video, you I mean, I had nothing. Fingers. You did it with your fingers. I came over John's house to develop the film for our video, and I forgot everything. I yeah. forgot the thermometer. People get the film sweats about. I get lots of emails. Well, about, you know, when you're a newbie, you want to do it right. Well, how do I maintain the like? Like, oh, how do I maintain the temperature? How do I keep? The, ah, it's like, oh, just use the hot water and it'll be fine. Yeah, and it, everything looked great. But folks, I do have a thermometer and. Tap water usually brings it right to the, I think, 103 Fahrenheit that you need it. During the whole process, which is just under 10 minutes, the water keeps that temperature. You don't have to... Maintains. Yeah, you don't have to worry about, you know. Who's this guy? Gary Ingersoll? Oh, Gary. Yeah, what's Gary say? He says, um, hello. I will be sending a priority mail medium flat rate box of film tomorrow. Ooh. Part of the box I bought from an estate sale of a pro photographer that kept all his film in a freezer. Oh, is that what you're shaking right now? However, for the last four months, it has been in my 60-degree basement, but it still should be in pretty good shape from the tests I have done. As said on your show before, the high-speed stuff benefits from an extra stop. Thanks for a super podcast and being a driving force to keep film going. He was at the Ann Arbor meet. Hope to make it to the next one. Awesome, and thanks yeah. for the film. Open yeah, it up. Open it right now. It's like Christmas in July. All right, Gary, right. your package arrived. I don't always, you know, people who send donations, I thank them in an email, hmm. but it's really hard to, tra- people ask, did it come yet? It's really hard to track because so much stuff comes in, hmm. it goes on a pallet, and then I have to wait for, like, either John or Mark D to come over. Do something. Yeah, and that only happens, like, two, three times a year. Yeah. So if you're going to send anything, by the way, I have no idea if anyone, because you asked, anyone send any cookies or treats or? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just Could be chocolate melting over there for, like, a month. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say if you're going to send treats. Market special. Oh, e- Write on it. Treats. Treat, yes. Or send me an email saying, oh, there are treats in there. Yeah. Then, I'll, then you'll get a response. You'll, you'll store that away oh, in your my brain. God. Wow, look at all that stuff. Oh, my goodness. Com- this came from a, a, a state sale. State from sale. a pro photographer. Oh, It's no all thing. been kept in the deep freeze. Okay, here we go. So just dump it out? Dump it. Go, f- go for it. Whoa. Whoa. Look at all this is this 120 or is this 35? Uh, that, that oh, is it's one, oh, it's 35. 35 mil- a whole box. Uh, Gary, thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much. Oh. 1,600. What? I never saw that before. ISO 1,600. I never saw that before. Oh. Maybe so you want 200 sh- on the box. Really? Maybe you want to shoot a roll of this. Sure, I sure do. Sure you're, do, you're, honey. You're a speed demon. Sure. I know likey to flash. Gary, thank you very much. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, I'm going to send all this film out to Great. folks. Except for the stuff John's taking. I'm nicking. Yeah. Just three rolls, that's all. Christina Dougherty, uh, she says, hi there, with like three exclamation points. So it's like, hi there. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, I just stumbled across your website, and I am stoked. That's awesome. There's three more exclamation points. Stoked. stoked. I've been on it for a past hour and sent myself all the links to different types of film I want. Just need to get paid first. Oh, boy, she's going to take it easy now. Don't gamble away your fortunes. Right. Uh, looking forward to taking some rad photos. Cheers. Well, thanks, Christina. That's awfully nice. She's buying what, red scale film? She said, uh, she didn't say specifically, but okay. I'm sure she's going to get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Thank you. Some of this, and forget about that paycheck. It's right. all gone. Bing, bang, boom. Right. Gone. Make memories with it. Yeah, what are you going to do? I'm going to make them an awfully kind of <laughs> Uh, Dan, last name is Tina Burry, and he's from Calgary, Canada. Very nice. I just wanted to say thank you for the inspirational podcast. Mm-hmm. I now own 16 film cameras, thanks to the FPP. Oh, wow. my goodness. Awesome. Uh, the awesome FPP store, uh, my fridge is filled with film. Wow. 
Thank you. And for introducing me to the darkroom. Recently, Canada Post and the U.S. Post Office lost eight rolls of my film on its way to the darkroom. Ooh, uh, what happened? And possibly 11 more rolls as a second package has now gone astray. Oh, my God. That is horrible. I think they were found. Is he, is really? There, is there a as happy you know, the here? darkroom has amazing customer service, and I thought I'd share with you my experience with them during this postal fiasco. I'm sure they were awesome. Yeah, he posted... Uh, the story to his blog if you're interested thank you for keeping film alive as you share your contagious enthusiasm for film photography on the fpp podcast you guys rock and tina burry from calgary canada i hope well, it all turned out that, well that, it did I mean, that's a lot of film dude that's like i think the film was found film. and uh this is the kind of thing i'm talking about where you know we do our we do our little spots for the dark room and this is um not a sponsored show i mean this is not this is not an ad the, we're self we're self-sustaining here uh with our fpp store thanks to you guys listening so we can tell the truth yeah and then when i see a letter like this of someone's actual experience with the dark room and the fact that someone got on the phone with the customer i mean that's that's very important uh-huh. uh customer service is hard to find Good customer service. There are a lot of other great labs out there. Of course, no one goes the, uh, above and beyond like like the guys at the darkroom. Oh, so. Lucky for Dan. Yes. This guy didn't put how to pronounce his last name, so I'm going to screw it up. It's John Saludades <laughs> from John. It says, the 620 spools that I ordered have arrived yesterday. Unfortunately, the spools are too big for my 620 camera, a Kodak Vigilant 620. Using a caliper, I compared this with the 620 metal spool that came with the camera, and there is a 1 and 1.5 millimeter difference difference in length. You know about this? Yes, I'm going to give a summary when you finish. All right, the spool round ends by FPP are thicker. They're thicker, Mike. Nice and thick. The middle straight portion is also thicker by 2 millimeters. What's going on with the thickness? (laughs) As a result of this, the respooled 620 would not rotate in the film chamber. Oh, boy. Even a bare 620 FPP spool would not rotate in the film chamber, while the metal 620 spool does. It is a shame that this is so. Uh, maybe you need to reinvestigate your spools. Yeah, Mike. Well, thank you for asking. I'm going to tell the story. Well, he says, I want to return these spools and possibly get a replacement. Uh, And he also feels the urge to buff the spool ends down, but if they fail, he won't be able to send them back. Okay, here's a story. Please advise. Who's this from? From John Salyuda. Oh, yes, John. I communicated with John. Uh, So, what are we talking about? People are like, what are you even... (laughs) People are like, what are you even talking about? 620 film. 620 film cameras. They're the old-timey, many of them box cameras, like a Kodak Brownie. Mostly Kodak. Kodak invented the format. The format is... Almost identical to 120, except the spool is different. It's much thinner. It's the same film? It's a, a, a campaign launch so Kodak could sell their film. Yeah. They don't want you buying Agfa film yeah. or Sears film for the camera. So they Sears. came out with a film size specific for their cameras. No Acme film for their cameras. Yes, there are millions of 620 film cameras out there. I love it. They're great, great cameras. They make a nice, dreamy, beautiful image. And there is no 620 film produced. So what do we do? And the spools were very, very expensive. They were like over $5 per spool on eBay. So started making our own 620 film spools. I remember when you launched that. Yes. And it is mold injected. At first we started 3D printing. They were... No good? No good. So because they're mold injected, in order for them to be mold injected, they're like mere, what is it, centimeters? Millimeters. Yeah, they're just super... Super little, super little just, bit different. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little and, bit ticker. And in most cameras, like 90% of the cameras, they fit just fine. But. But there's a few out there, like the Kodak Tourist 2. 
The Vigilant 620. The Vigilant 620. And uh, maybe the Ansco, Ansco Flex have been having some problems. Mm. So what do you do, Mike? Well, John is very cool about it. And I said, well, by all means, you can return the spools. Mm. But you may want to take a piece of sandpaper and just buff it a little bit. Yeah. And then it'll probably fit. And that's exactly what happened. Just buff one side of it or both sides? You buff both sides and then just a little bit, put it in the By can. hand? Oh, yes. You know, some guys have like those, you know, Don oh, Sanders. if you have a machine, then that's much better. But yeah. Because there's no real solution. People, Some people do get agitated. There's no solution. There is no 620 film. So mm. this is it. So I need you folks to work with me. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Well, that's good. He's like, uh, maybe 50% of the folks will work with me. Sand it down. He sent me a very nice email saying, hey, it worked like a charm. There you go. Thank you very much. Now he's using his camera happily. Yes. And he's rolling his own film, so those spools will last him a lifetime. Oh, that's awesome. So it's an awesome investment and very little work to be very happy shooting your 620. And Michael, where can one get these spools? Oh, right here at the Film Photography Project. Oh my goodness, that is great. Yes. By the way, we're reading letters. You could write to us at podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. <laughs> we really, really want to hear from you. Definitely. So I'm, I'm very happy. We've had a lot of the happy endings today. Uh, the next one is from Christopher Wheeling. Okay. He says, hello, all you fine FPP people. I was listening to Podcast 149. Found myself uplifted when you were discussing your educational program, which we often talk about. Yes. It's simply fantastic that FPP is out there helping put cameras in the hands of the young. The story I have to share, however, is not so uplifting. <laughs> Friend was teaching driver's ed at a local high school and found out that the school's photography department had been discontinued and the cameras, lenses, and darkroom equipment were to be disposed of. The conversation went something like, if you're going to throw them out, can I have them? No. <laughs> can I buy them? Tell me how much one you want. How much you want. No. <laughs> when are you throwing them out? Not telling you. So. Wow. Wow. Jerks. Every time I think of that encounter, I find myself a bit depressed. So I'm glad the FPP is keeping the film flame alive with your donation program. I hope schools that discontinue their photography departments do not do what this local school did and instead will hand down their used cameras to places where they are needed. You're going to put patriotic music under this, right? Okay. I'll be sure to spread the word in the hopes that my friends in the education world will pass along your program to the right people. Functioning equipment shouldn't go to the landfill. And we shouldn't have to go dumpster diving to save otherwise serviceable cameras. Thank you! Thanks again for all the good work you do, Christopher. Christopher, thank you very much for that letter. It's really appreciated. Why, why would... Why, why, I don't understand. People, why would people just say, like, no, you can't have it? Uh, some people are really bizarre. Like, no, you're not going to make money on eBay. We're throwing uh, it in the ground. Yeah, people have really strange thoughts sometimes. It's very strange. But I want to thank for that. thanks for that letter. And, of course, if you go to our uh, filmphotographyproject.com, click on the Donation tab, and you will see all the information about our school donation program. Mm. I was just talking to John about roping him in here. Yep. Like, get in here. Got to dig out 30 cameras? I got to dig out 30 cameras for a high school that has to ship uh, in August. What kind of cameras? 35 mil. Just like a... Point like, and shoot or... No, no, no. Like a, like a, a Minolta X700, a Pentax K1000, okay. Canon AE1. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Matt can't be here today, but he sent a note just to let us know some news. Uh, he wanted us to know, and we'll talk about it next time we see Matt, but he let us know that months ago we talked about the Fuji Instax Share printer. Do you, were you here when we were all sending pictures from yeah. our phone to a little printer? Bluetooth? Yeah. Unimpressed. Uh, oh, okay. This is uh, a Fuji Instax Mini Film. It's a printer, and you could print from your phone. It's really amazing, and people love it. It prints on the in the Mini? Yeah, it's called the Share SP1, but Matt's telling us that the Share SP2 is now out. Hmm. For now, the Wide X? Well, that? the Wide X. Isn't that what it's no, called? It, it, I asked him the same question, but no. This is still Instax Mini. It's just updated oh. so that it's better resolution, you know, better. So that's out, and we'll talk about that when uh, Matt is here. But he also wanted us to know uh, about the Galaxy. If, too bad Mark isn't here. Mark D, he's here later. Galaxy photographic dry plates. Really? Yeah, I'm not in. I, I don't know too much about this, folks. But we're going to talk about it uh, in a few months when we come back. Galaxy photographic dry plates. You could just basically tick, type in Kickstarter, Kickstarter Galaxy photographic dry plates, and you will find the page. Also. Galaxy Plate Film Holders, you could type in Galaxy Plate Film Holders Indiegogo. Don't, mm. don't ask me why that one's Indiegogo and the other one's Kickstarter. Yeah. Two different. But Matt says he's going to talk to you soon, talking to us, and he's talking to you Ooh, folks talk out to there. Me? Okay, so okay. thanks, Matt. Uh, here's a letter from Janet. I just received this letter, uh, this email today. It's from Janet, and she bought the FPP color negative kit mm-hmm. that we were just talking about. Yeah. And I, I said, she, she thanked me for it. She said it worked great. Sent her a link to our video, mm-hmm. and this is her response. She said, I didn't watch your video, but I will check it out. She says, yeah. I asked her, hey, how was the kit to use? She says, yes, the directions are very clear. It's very straightforward. I've done three batches now, and each time it gets better. Mm. The hardest part is loading the reels. Yeah. I won't be buying any more 36 exposure film. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I don't know what, what, if you remember yeah, the 30s. Oh, my God. You're cranking it, and then this one crinkles. You're like, ah, and then you rip it off again. Yeah. Uh, 36 exposure awful. can get kind of tough. Yeah. I've attached some photos from Instagram, and I posted these on the Film Photography Podcast Facebook page uh, with, yes, with a link to uh, Janet's Instagram account. Her Instagram is Janet Pants. J-A-N-E-T-P-A-N-T-S. I'm really happy you're souping your own film. Yeah. This is from Mason. He says, hey, FPP and the FPP gang. This is from Mason. Is His Flickr name is F-P-F-Photography. I was catching up on my FPP podcast and was surprised to hear a listener letter from someone in my general remote neck of the woods in Canada. <laughs> the film course being taught at the Drayton Heights School is a short walk from my dank shack. It's <laughs> pretty funny, right? Yeah. It's a small world after all. I had contacted you about what supplies I would need in order to start developing my own film, and I'm pleased to see you addressed it in the blog and podcast. Yeah, sometimes if I get an email from someone, they're like, oh, well, you know, what do I need? That'll give me the uh, incentive to actually do a blog. This way, not only am I responding to them in an email, mm. but... Everybody else. Everyone else, too. Sure enough, as I was considering the purchase through the FPP, the garage sale god smiled down on me and provided a box of darkroom supplies, including tanks, reels, trays, tongs. Mr. Tong. And all sorts of goodies, some of which are well expired, for 20 bucks. Nice. Can't beat that. No way. That's awesome. This was followed by Garage Sale God's high five of an Omega B600 enlarger 
in mint working condition wow. for 60 buck. Wow. Nice, huh? Now I was hoping to score Minolta XG1 with some extras, and then I'll be looking to spend my FPP designated money on some 35mm and 120 black and white film. Nice. I just want to say I appreciate your podcast and the friendly and informative email exchange I had with Michael. That's me. And I will be supporting the FPP through some purchases soon so you guys can keep up what has become my favorite and most anticipated podcast. Whoa. Thanks again for all your great work. Mason Halstead. Now get back to your shack. Right. <laughs> this is from Graham. The Flickr name is P-L-I-C... P- okay, start over. Huh? <clears throat> what? P-L-I-C-E-A-S-E. I've been listening to your show... What show? ...for a year or so now. At first, I thought you guys were a bunch of goofballs. <laughs> we are. Now I'm pretty sure that you are. <laughs> L-O-L. But I appreciate sincerely your devotion to the medium of flim. Please, <laughs> not says film, please keep up the good work. Last year, my wife and I got married. Well, congratulations. Oh, good. Newlyweds. Ooh, That's nice. The honeymoon's still on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last year, my wife and I got married. We had a big celebration with family and friends in the Hudson Valley. Oh, the photographer from here. Not too far at all. The photographer we picked used digital, but it's to be expected. And her mm. pictures were great, but I wanted our celebration to be, you know, celebrated on film as well. Mm-hmm. He said, I considered getting some one-time use cameras for our tables for our guests. That's very popular. Yeah. But I wasn't entirely taken with the cameras. And about the same time, I noticed that you were selling second-hand point-and-shoot cameras on the FPP store with three rolls of FPP retrochrome. That was one of our wow. weekly specials. It was a blowout. Yeah. So... For what you were asking, wasn't much more than the disposables, hmm. so he bought a bunch of uh, FPP retrochrome camera packages. Great. The, the film cameras were quite popular and were a good talking point. And when we were done, we just tossed them in the Hudson. Some, <laughs> some of the kids at the event were so excited, they've never seen a film camera before. Can't wait to see those pictures. The floor, yeah. wall. <laughs> Close up of eyeball. <laughs> right. After the party, I got the photos back and sent them out to our guests with the thank yous. And we now have a film memento of the event. Awesome. I want to thank you for making this possible. This year, I've been enjoying your crazy slow films and crazy low prices. I shot some Kodak super low speed. That's a color. What, like City? Uh, No, 1.5 ISO. What? Yeah. You, you never tried any of that. I never tried any. I got a bunch of it at home. I know, like the 6 and 8. I never oh, shot when it. when you go to the beach. Yeah. I'll give you a tip. All you have to do is like wide open lens. And one thirtieth of a second, ready to yeah. go, ready to go. One thirtieth, yeah, one fifteenth. Ah, I gotta stay very still for that. I do. Oh. The Kodak Super Slow Speed. It's a C forty one film. It's ISO one point five. Jesus, it's nice. It gives a nice look. Yeah. He shot it while in Denmark. Ah, and New Mexico. Mm. I shot some Shmina Blue Sensitive and Super Positive, and he just got some MZ three. <laughs> These are all super low ISO yeah. films. Wow. Into it for such for such slow films, I use my Nikon F6, which can be metered at as low of an ISO as six. Ah, that makes it easy. The uh, EOS camera that you have, John, dials down six. six. Wow. I am also lazy and didn't want to carry a tripod on vacation, so I used a 24 millimeter f 1.4 lens, Hmm. which in broad daylight is very doable. 
you know, because... 20 millimeter, oh my goodness. 24 millimeter. So because the film is so low mm-hmm. ISO, uh-huh. it's a lower shutter speed, so therefore you have to, you know, hand yeah. hold. Yeah, so you know, if it's a wider still. lens, you don't have to worry so much. No, you don't have to worry so much. Uh, this was an exercise, a very shallow depth of field on a bright sunny day, and uh, he likes to use the depth of field, shallow depth of field, to focus on different things. He thanks us for keeping the dream alive, Graham. Yep. This is a long one. Yep. Thank Wait you, Graham. Go, Graham. Uh, Jay Meyeroff. Yes. Uh, he says, uh, I've listened to you guys from the very beginning. I grew up in Hackensack. I lived in Hackensack right after I got married. Yes, you did. And waked in Pompton Lakes. Oh. Don't ever stop. I'm not, and I'm 83. Oh. Still shoot with my Mamiya RB67 and C300, which I bought new at Dover Photo. Wow. Question. How slow is ASA on featured Svima film. See you down the shore. All right, dude. I'll see which, you down Which Shmina film? I guess, uh, what's the slowest Shmina film you Oh, have? yeah, I sent him an email back. Okay. But the Shmina films vary. Well, we're all, you know, sitting Oh, they're like there. ISO 0. What? ISO 1. ISO, zero? ISO 3. How can you have a zero rated film? I don't understand. Mike, I don't understand. Because if you're at ISO 6, let's say. Yeah. Open up one stop. That's yeah. ISO 3. Yeah. Open up another stop. What? That's ISO 1.5. Yeah. Open up another stop. Now you're like at 0.8. But why? I don't know. Okay. I'm just telling you. So that's it. That's it for you, John. You're going to be leaving. Yeah. Okay. So are you kicking me out? What do you, you say that every <laughs> week. What are you going to be doing with your summer? Uh, vacationing. Okay. Are we're you going to go shooting? to to Virginia? Yeah. We're oh. going to go to the Rock. What, what are the Road mountains trip. up there? Not the Rocky Mountains. Your kids are still too young to give them like a film point and shoot camera. Uh, no, they they they're into it. They oh, take yeah? my phone all the time. Oh, f yeah. that phone. What about giving well, I'm them just like saying, a little... I give them the phone so they can practice composition and whatnot. And how are they? Not too bad. My son Holden is better than the other guy. Okay. Maybe Holden. My ready. daughter just takes selfies. <laughs> Maybe Holden's ready for a point-and-shoot film camera. I'm, I'm probably going to give him the Holga this year. Oh, okay. When we go. Okay. You show him the little icons and say, go have it. What about it. then he has to roll? Oh, the 35-millimeter Holga. Yeah, yeah. That's easy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stops. They're focused on that, though. Yeah, it's not that hard. Okay. It should be fun. Yeah, yeah. Do you plan on shooting any Super 8? Uh, I have one roll left, yeah. I don't know what have I'm going to do Have you shot any it. recently? Uh, no. You didn't shoot any this year? Nothing this Aww. winter. Nothing this winter. It was a very mild winter. Like last two winters, we built sleigh runs in the yard. Right. And snowmen. It, ver- it didn't snow, didn't snow hardly this, year. this yeah. year. It was just cold and bitter and nasty. Nothing yep. really picturesque enough to shoot. What about you? Oh, I'm uh, testing a new film. Yeah. It's called Shmina Direct Duplicating Microfilm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Got is it a microfilm? It is. Well, it's microfilm. Yeah. That's, I mean, the application is for documentation. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it produces a positive or negative yet. I think it produces a positive, but I'm not sure. Where do you get the film developed? Uh, you send it to the darkroom, process they, black and white. They do it? Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with, uh, you know. Without me. Without, <laughs> without John. Hey, send us an email, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. As I mentioned, this is the last show for the summer. Mm. We're going to be on summer break. And be back in mid-September. Be back all tanned and buff. Yeah, but uh, you know, stay tuned to filmphotographyproject.com for our blogs. Going to be yeah. updating Facebook. Please like us on the Facebook if you're on that platform. Instagram, Film Photography Project. You can find us. That's me. I program that. Uh, Tumblr. Tumblr. Who's that? <laughs> 
I don't use the Tumblr too much. Yeah. Flickr, by the way, I started using it again. I love it. I have no problem with it. People are like, Flickr. Flickr. Go to Flickr.com, F-L-I-C-K-R.com. It's a great place to not only post your pictures, but it's a great place. We have a forum there. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. We're all, myself, John, Matt, Dane, Leslie, Mark Dalzell, Mark O'Brien, we're all on Flickr because it's a great platform. It's a great place to store all my photos. Like you get your pictures back or you develop it yourself, post it on Flickr. They got the auto uploader now? I don't know anything about that. Yeah. But that's why when you send an email to FPP, one of the questions is, like if you go to the site and send an email, it says, what is your Flickr uh, name? That's because I want to know your Flickr name so I could link to you and, and likes you on the Flickers. Hmm. So, all right. We're going to be right back with lots more, lots more show. Wow. Say goodbye to John. Bye, John. Patrick, fifth Earl of Litchfield, is also a professional photographer. Even when he's not working, he likes to keep his hand in. With the Olympus XA2. It's so fast, it doesn't miss a shot. There's no lens cap or case. Just slide back the cover and shoot. The XA2 has a 35mm Zico lens, simple focusing, automatic exposure, and a flash unit. The Olympus XA2, what a pro uses when he's not taking pictures. Hey everybody, it's Michael Rosso here. Yes. Leslie Lazenby is here. Hi everyone. Mark Dalzell. Hey. And Mr. Mark O'Brien. Hi there. This is going to be a great show. We're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. And let's get right into it. I always like to read a letter first. I love to hear from you folks. Let's see. Valerie writes in. She says, uh, she says, I love what you're doing. I may have more cameras for you. Wow, look at that. Valerie sent us uh, some cameras for our school donation program. Uh, folks out there listening, go to filmphotographyproject.com. Click the Donate tab, and you can read all about our school donation program. If you, of course, have cameras to give to us, we will send it along to school. Thank you, Valerie, very much for donating. Here's a letter from Michelle. She says, I ordered FP3000B film from your shop, and it was delivered to our home and left outside in the below-freezing weather for seven hours. Fine, right? Not a problem. Not a problem. I'm afraid the film is frozen, or is it ruined? I'm so upset because I left a note for our postal worker not to deliver if we weren't home. And they left it in my mailbox anyway. Please let me know if I should remain heartbroken. Leslie? Not a problem. Don't worry about it, right? Don't worry about it. A few it. hours. A few hours. Frozen I'll, film is the best film. Well, not Polaroid. You shouldn't well, freeze, yeah, but yeah. I'd rather have it seven hours there than seven hours in the heat or setting out, that type of thing. But seven hours, you're good. You're fine. Sweat not. Let's get on to our first segment. Mr. Mm-hmm. Mark Dalzell, I'm going to turn the microphone over to Mark D. <laughs> <laughs> Marky D. And I'm very intrigued by this, the Carlton. Oh, the Carlton. What is it? This is, you know, you know, when I'm out in California, which is fairly often, I like to stop by our favorite used camera store. When you're not surfing. Yeah, if I'm not surfing or like, you know, racing my hot rods. and Beach party bingo. You know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go. Um, so yeah, this was a this was a little. Uh, I go and buy myself a souvenir. So this is a souvenir that I bought for myself. I like 
This is kind of an unusual camera. This is the Carlton Reflex. It's whatever you want to call it, faux TLR. It's a, you know, a twin lens style camera, but is not actually focusable or really has any controls whatsoever. It's one step above a box camera, except that you've got your ground glass and your mirror that you can look down through. The top got warped, and actually that, that piece was connected until yesterday and okay. finished breaking off. It's in my suitcase. I have to, I'm going to take this top off and see if I can sort of soften it and flatten it back out. But otherwise, I mean, the camera works fine. It's got that nice, the classic Carlton Reflex squeak. They all have, that's, that's how you know it's working. There you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good old-fashioned Bakelite camera. These came out about roughly 1950. And everything that you say about this camera has to be said approximately, roughly, because not really anything is known about the company whatsoever. They were produced by Allied Camera Supply in New York City. Again, no such company. Nothing exists. You know, they didn't make anything at all. The only clue that you, you, you get on what exactly this camera is is on the inside, it's impressed into the casting. <clears throat> wow. But it's, it's, it was manufactured by the Utility Manufacturing oh. Company in New York, New York. Okay. Yeah. If you look up Utility Manufacturing Company, you find a company that later went on to, to move to Chicago and produced the Spartus cameras, the Falcon cameras, all uh, of these plasticky, yeah. what we now consider junky 50s toy cameras. But apparently this was the only thing they made when they were in New York. So it's it's a utility manufacturing camera that they have branded, you know, Allied Camera Supply. And the name Carlton Reflex, who knows where that came from. Right. The guy's son's name was Carlton or something. Or maybe he was the doorman. Or the dance. Yeah. Do the Carlton. <laughs> so basically what we've got is um, it's a faux pseudo TLR type uh, utility moved from New York to Chicago in 1950. So that's why we know this is before 19, you know, before or 51. Post-war, so but probably yeah, it's before the 50s. very late forties or nineteen fifty. It's very solidly made. It's heavy-duty Bakelite, and all you've got on the front is your shutter, and then you've got a little lever that you can switch over to your to your bulb mode if you want to shoot. Simple, bulb. very simple to use. There's no actual other writing on it as to the f-stop or the shutter speed, or I don't know what it is, but I would guess you know, as typical on these cameras, it's probably f. Is there a port for 14. a flash? Something. Nope, nothing. No, nothing. Nothing at all. It's yeah. designed for a Veracrome pan film, like a hundred ISO film. You just load it in, go out in daylight and shit. Yeah, that's it's just it. Maybe a fifty, you know, maybe a sixtieth of a second. Yeah, it's easy to use. The uh, the ground glass is actually kind of nice. Um, on mine, it has a stainless steel, brushed stainless mirror, polished stainless mirror that had fallen out, so it was kind of rattling around. So I popped the front off and I and I glued the mirror back in. But um, because it's a metal mirror. Uh, there's no there's no spots on it. There's no delaminating or anything. It's it's not like a glass mirror. It's like not it, as reflective though either as a glass mirror. It's not. But when you look through it, it looks beautiful. Oh, good. You know, and there there is a whole movement of uh, the through the viewfinder shooters who shoot there digital is. cameras yes. and TLRs. Mm-hmm. This is a good one to shoot through. And the the ground glass has nice rounded edges. It's a nice classy look. So yeah, I got this last summer. Uh, I I did shoot with it. It is the epitome of toy camera where there's so many flaws in the lens it's Mm. hard to pinpoint exactly what part of the image is in focus it's just sort of like sharper and blurrier but it's it's it gave you a cool effect i put color film through it uh i want to shoot it again 
Actually, I just I just finished shooting a roll of uh, Ilford 3200 black and white today in it that I'm going to develop. But also, that's an unusual choice of film because it's so high speed. Uh, it just so happened I had it kicking around. I know, but uh, I had a, I had a half a roll. I had the first roll I had already shot in another camera to test, so I finished it up. But uh, I do want to try it with black and white because I think with all the the craziness of the lens mixed with the black and white, uh, will just it, it makes it hard to put your finger on exactly when the pictures were taken. So I love taking pictures of my daughter or in our backyard or things where there are you know there aren't modern cars and cell phones and televisions in the background and I love getting these pictures that look like they could have been taken in 1947 you know and especially shooting you know around my house or around New Jersey there's a lot of old stuff kicking around so um, yeah, I like doing that. Sort oh, of thing, so. I'm, I'm on on my phone on Flickr.com. I see you shot your child with it on the beach. Yeah, that was in California last uh, last summer. Oh, that's certainly that's certainly dreamy. Oh yeah, Crystal Cove, California. It's a dreamy yes. place. That's another place where you can just go and shoot all day long, and there's nothing there newer than like 19. 19- 50, is this you? So, uh, no. Oh, it's Brian Crumell. He shot with it. Oh, with the Carlton? Yeah. Oh, cool. There's a few of them out there. I, yeah. would, I would say sharpness is sort of a suggestion with these things, right? Well, it's not <laughs> It's not like, you know, with the Diana or something like that where the center of the, the thing is sharp and then you get blurry edges. This has just got blurry chunks all over the blurry. image. That's just blurry. Yeah. It's But it's blurry, but it's got the it's got the hint of sharpness to it. It's not, <laughs> not quite. No. You know, blurry with a hint of sharpness. sharpness. Sounds like cheese. It's got, it's, yeah, so yeah, it's it's a it's a fun little camera. I I enjoy it, and it's got some weight to it. Good solid bakelite yeah. casting. And you don't mind bringing it on the beach. Exactly. Yeah, it might I, improve it. Actually. This yeah, this one yeah, <laughs> kick it down the beach a bit. Finished a roll. So yeah, Carlton Reflex. Wow, thank you very much. Yeah, you got it. Huh. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Michael Rosso here to tell you about something very exciting in the FPP online store. It's a brand new, well, it's a brand old, well, it's a brand new hand-rolled 35mm film. FPP hand-rolled EXP Vision 35mm film. This is 35mm Kodak motion picture film that was acquired from FPP listener Mike from Hawaii. Aloha, Mike. This film was properly stored in refrigeration and is now resting at the Film Photography Project. This is a motion picture film process ECN-2. That means that this film, like the other vision film in the FPP online store, can only be home processed or processed by the Little Film Lab in California or the Camera Shop up in Minnesota. If you're home processing, this is a great time to try some vision film. It's very inexpensive. It's very inexpensive, and the batch tests so far have been turning out very great. Why not give it a try? Kodak FPP hand-rolled EXP Vision 35mm film. It comes in three different flavors, 100 Daylight, 250 Daylight, and 500 Tungsten. It also comes in a box, nine Nine rolls rolls. for $29.99. Incredible. Check it out, filmphotographystore.com. Hey, we're back. Uh, Leslie, you've been preparing. This this thing's a monster. Wow. Somebody gave me this camera, obviously. Honestly, at first I thought of one of those Polaroids. Yep. It's um, It's not a Polaroid. It is not a Polaroid. I it see is three, a how many, three cold shoes on top. Is that not the coolest thing in the world? And two tripod sockets. Oh my god! Yeah, they, they've thought it all out. What is that called? It's called I call it the Beast, but actually it's a Connie Omega. Connie meaning Konica, and the Omega 
join-up system, medium format camera. It, originally, this was a U.S.-made camera by the Simon Omega Company. They started in 54, but that original camera had a fixed lens, not interchangeable lenses. Konica did some design changes, switched the production to Japan, and they made the Rapid, the Rapid M, and then they also made an Omega Flex, which was a studio. Believe it or not, this is not a studio camera. That was a twin lens. I have friends that don't want to be seen with me when I use this camera because they think it's so darn ugly. It's not that ugly. No. Oh. It's, it is ugly. That but is it's a film ugly. advance. That is oh a film my advance. god! That is a film Looks advance. Like take off a finger. And they will. You're they always say shotgun. nothing is yeah. more intimidating to a bride's mother than the sound of that film advance. Yeah. It's quite like a cartridge being chambered into a rifle. Yeah. They just like back off. You will be marrying my daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so eventually, uh, wedding photographer Berkey brought it. Brought it into the U.S. Is and it, really, 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 yes. Was it a wedding guy camera? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This was almost Hasselblad's contender. And the reason it was so popular is this was used um, by the U.S. military. Okay. Tons of them. The guys already knew how to use them. Use this thing. You get out of the service. I'll shoot your wedding. They knew how to use it. So away it went. Eventually, Mamaya bought it. Okay. So Mamaya, Mamaya press camera after that? Exactly. A lot of changes at that point. It is a obviously a gigantic. They made five lenses for this. The brilliant, beautiful 58 millimeter wide. Wow. A very common 60. Then they made the the norm. What's the norm? Ninety. I have to look. I mean, this it's a complicated camera. Ninety millimeters, the norm. Mm-hmm. They so made it's a, a six by nine or six by seven. Six by seven. Okay. They made a one thirty five, which was at the very end of production. It is very rare. And the one eighty to change. This is one of these. There's all kinds of little rules. You're going to screw things up. I've had more blank film with this than I've had in my career. So my recommendation for this is. If you get one, you go see Mike Butkus. You download the manual, and you give him some bucks. That's right. Because that is a heck of a lot cheaper than a repair or ruining these. You need need the instructions. You need the instructions. So you go to Google. Loading this whole film thing, there there are numerous... How there do, are numerous slides in here. How do folks go to see Mike Butkus? Do they see him they in person? Go, they Well... <laughs> the Google. He shuns that. Yes. <laughs> um, I believe it's... Butkus.org backslash chin on. Google, Google Mike Butkus camera, camera manuals. manuals and you're on it. Yeah. Exactly. It is a very fail-safe system as far as I'm going to change the lens. Then I have to put the slide in uh, here. I have to make sure this is on infinity. Then I can unlock all of this. There's a pin system that these pins that are on the back of these lenses change the viewfinder. Oh. So it knows yeah, tally normal. Town. Telly and Shut normal. Door. Shut the door, Alice. Get, you know. <laughs> Don't walk away, Renee. Let's stick with this. Can you put that lens on with that? With that Slides in. Here we go. Here we go. Line it up. Drop it in is here. It, okay. This is the wide. This is my favorite. Is it through the lens or is it rangefinder? It's rangefinder. So but could, it changes the rangefinder. So you could shoot a whole wedding with that plate in and not shoot a frame? <laughs> no, it won't fire. Oh. Fail safe. Um, like, a bl- like a blad. You but, sit there but and go, now, why is it not firing? When you put the wide on, though, it does require the extra, extremely cool wide-angle viewfinder. Not focus. Oh. You still focus normally, but you're not seeing the whole image. So you need this to compose your shot. And then, of course, that same little slide 
stores back here oh in your film goodness. cassette. This was the first series of this because some of them didn't have this. You could have extra film cassettes loaded. Mm. And that film Wedding advance. Guy. You that's need right. extra film cassettes. The film advance is that ratchet system. That's your film advance. Wow. These things, as well as the lenses, gum up with time. Because. Oh, I, I, really? Yeah. This one right here, I thought, oh, this one didn't open. Uh, so I'm looking around thinking, I'm just going to get another one off the bay. No, I'm not. They're expensive. They are expensive. So, of course, what do we do? We Google. The Google. And whose name keeps coming up? A guy by the name of Greg Weber. Oh, yeah. You know Greg Weber? He's a Konica Connie specialist. Connie specialist. Connie specialist. And I said, hey, call him up. Yeah. <laughs> you did? I did. Oh, yeah. I so I got, got this wide angle. So it's cheaper just to get a new one. He said that? No, I said that. Okay. He goes, which one do you have? I said, well, I got the 58. And he goes, send it to me. If it's in decent shape, we'll talk. Okay. So I sent it to him. He goes, uh, that looks brand new. It, it is gorgeous. And he told me why they gum up. Why? They are lubed with whale oil. <laughs> <laughs> why whale oil? This comes from Japan. What do they have a lot of? Whales. Water with whales in it. Mm, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's whale wow, oil. Wow. It's also what they used in the advance in these. This is the only piece I found that really had an issue. He said that is probably one of the nicest condition lenses I've seen. These things were usually just used to death. Yep, yep. And um, he serviced it for me, sent it back, and away we go. And I, that's almost always the lens that's on it all the time is that 58 wide. It is a monster camera. Uh, everything else has been fine. If you do get one... Get yourself a roll of 120 scrap film, even if you're just using the backing paper. Practice loading this, and also make sure um, I have the thing completely off. I load it up to one, and I draw a frame in there where my image is going to be. And then I advance it. And then when I'm done, I take that whole backing paper out to make sure the frames are evenly spaced. Because mm. that's a pretty typical problem. Some people can repair them. With the whole whale oil thing, I, I, both of mine, I, were, I was very lucky that um, they did work. I have two of them, so I didn't have to have them serviced. I, I would like to shoot more with this camera. It's, it is truly a tank. The first time I ever saw this, um, we used to have people that come into B&J, but I ignored most of them because... Well, they were old crotchety people with old crotchety cameras. Um, <laughs> Look at us now. That's right. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be the old people used to use these. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a Wait, wait, wait. I'm using it. locked in. But in the very first FPP walking workshop in Finley, there was a man by the name of Charles Howenstein. And he was using one of these. Really? And I may not remember you or your name, but I might remember your gear. And I looked him up, and we had quite a little discussion about these. And he gave me some, some ins and outs on that and how to use them and why they lock up. And um, he also talked about if I had a problem, where to have it serviced. This Great. Did this. It is. Good for you. There we go. Locked in. Locked down. Almost. I'm not quite there. It'll fall off. The bodies bring... Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. The wide lens, $350. Can the lenses be used on other cameras? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh-uh. The wide 60, 225 as an average. The 90s, the normal, 20 bucks. Oh, wow. 135 another $1,500 lens. Why are there two tripod sockets and why are there three hot shoe, well, uh, cold shoes on uh, Number one, if we have, and I'll have to 
totally get that back on. There's three hot shoes on here. If I have to put the wide-angle lens on and I need my viewfinder, I've taken one of them up. How about um, that? I can mount flasher accessories up here of all kinds and still have one left over. And you will notice that these are different sized. American. Oh, yeah. How about that? Continental. European. Yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. They just yeah. think of everything. Yeah, they do. So fires from a trigger yes. on the lens. As you do this, that cocks the lens, advances the film, gets you ready for the next shot if you do it all in the right order. So it is, it's like what I call a one-man camera. This oh. is your only camera. You learn it, you know it, you forget about how hard it was at first. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, one of those types. It's like any so, other camera. Same thing with, like, shooting four by five. Once you, exactly. You've got into the sequence yeah. and remember them all. So this one does have fail-safe. So if you do have, like, the slides in, it won't fire for you. If you didn't put the lens on and it wasn't set to infinity then the lens doesn't go on mm -hmm. it doesn't cock the shutter it's just all kinds of little fail safes on this but it is a monster it's kind of been fun to use when i wasn't insulted <laughs> wait did you the, mention what year um this particular one it's here somewhere we've been at this a long time it looks brand new yeah yeah, he was thrilled with that lens, and they were all that way. I'm going to say 70, and uh, 65, 70 somewhere in there for this particular model. Yeah. Pretty weighty, got a strap for it. That'd take the vertebrae right out. There was a, um, a photographer named Elmer Batters who used these things extensively. He did all the sort of fetish photography and so forth back in the 70s right. with it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like Betty Page type stuff? Uh, stockings and things, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. But it, it's pretty darn interesting camera if you get it. But it, it's going to do what um, uh, Jim Austin wants you to do. Slow down. Right. Slow yep. down, buddy. Slow yeah. down. Thank well, you, Leslie. That's, you that's got an it. awesome camera. This is just, yeah. And, you know, I, I think the, the other thing I like about that, on any medium format camera, wide angle is so much fun. But yeah, so but... expensive. I can see why you would be enamored with it. I had a Pentax six by seven with a with a wide with a fifty five millimeter. I think it had something along that lines. And uh, you know, it's just really fun to get that wide angle in in those, mm -hmm. on those big negatives. I've got them waiting in the wings, and kind of like Mark, they're waiting in the wings. This one doesn't work. I just move on. I'm not going to pay to have this thing fixed. Now, this is one I yeah. deemed that it was. A, a good investment. Do you, do you but, have any images you shot posted yet? Uh, just one that I can think of. There's a finished roll in here that's color, mm. ectochrome, which is, just should look awesome. And uh, I shot the squirty worm in Lima on that, <laughs> which is a the squirty worm classic. It's a car wash. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then a bunch of kayaks, real pretty kayaks. Have you? So, this, this might be a good one to shoot um, some of the Konica IR film. Do you have any of that? I don't have any anymore. Would you like a roll? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Okay, I'll give you a roll. Cool. It's not Very what nice. you know, kids. It's who you know. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Super amazing. Breaking news. Go to your family's basements, your family's attic, drawers. Turn things upside down and look for your family's 110 film camera. Yep, 110 film is back. <laughs> the film photography store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. That's right, filmphotographystore.com. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. 110 film is back. You thinking about trying it? You've never shot 110? 
Now's the time to do it. Filmphotographystore.com. We're carrying the new Lomography, the Orca 110 Black and White. That's 100 ASA 110 film. The Lomography Tiger. Meow. Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. The very last batch, 2010 expired, Fuji film. 110, 200 ASA, John Fideli's favorite. And the Lomography Red Scale Lobster. 110 film. Amazing. And most recently, and most exciting, a brand new color slide film. Lomography Peacock. 110 color slide film. Awesome new 110 film stocks. Now's the time to check it out. Filmphotographystore.com. It helps the FPP. Very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the Film Photography Store. Please do check it out. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. I'm going to turn the microphone over to Mark O'Brien. He's going to have a book, this show. Interestingly enough, it's called How to Read a Photograph. How do you read a photograph, Mark? It's, it's kind of hard, especially, you know, if you... Uh, expecting sure, words? Expecting <laughs> words, yeah. Well, if it has signs with words on it, it's easy to read them. This book is actually, it's by, the author's name is Ian Jeffrey, How to Read a Photograph, Lessons from Master Photographers. So it's not just about how telling us what we should look for in a photograph, how you read it, what you get out of the photograph, what the composition, how would you try and depict a certain a thought or a certain mood or a certain object in a photograph. He picks a lot of famous photographers, images from their from their from their work. Um, let's say like Joseph Sudek. There's, a, there's several of them. Uh, Manuel Alvarez Bravo. So a whole series of of famous photographers: Edward Weston, Margaret Burke White. Who lived in Ann Arbor at one time? Did she? Yes, hmm. Alexander Rachensko, August Sander, Louis Hine, so on and so forth. Henry Cart, the Hank Carter guy from France, him. Um, <laughs> areas of subjects like World War II and so forth. Ansel Adams, blocks of rock, forested slopes, sheets of ice, towering clouds, and big skies. The pictures are distinctly compartmentalized, and the parts can be identified. Types of rock, names of clouds, modernist artists thought of the studio as a workshop and of the artwork as an assemblage which had to be put together by hand. Their pictures, as well as their sculptures, refer to the sense of touch and even to the weight and shape of things. That rock in Yosemite, for instance, has been incised and abraded, dusted with snow, and neatly capped the line of roofing, just like a manufactured sculpture. It's a really fun book to read through. It, some of the things might actually surprise you, at, you know, in terms of what they get out of a photograph. There are a lot of words. There's a lot of words, and you're reading how to read a photograph, <laughs> right? The other part of it is is that photographs mean different things to different people. But That's if you true. know the context in which the photograph was taken and how it was used, it can make a huge difference in your understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that context and how it was used, it, it, it could take a, you know, it adds more to the meaning once you know those things. And so, for example, you might see this picture of a of a young peasant woman, you know, uplifted with her face toward the sky, and you'll think, ah, oh, what does this remind me of? Obviously, some of the early Russian propaganda type things, the noble peasant type stuff, and of course, that's a recurring theme in lots of photographs of trying to show the noble 
Savage or the Noble, whatever. It's a it's a it's a good book. I, it, it's actually relatively recent. It came out in I think around 2008. Published by Harry and Abrams Incorporated. It's a fairly lengthy book at uh, media at over 375 pages. That would be a lot of words. It's a lot of words, but it's certainly something to have in your if you're interested in, in learning about other photographers and and how they worked. Um, it's a it's a pretty nice book. Thank you very much, Mark. You're welcome. Right now. Leslie Lazenby, what's a quick minute tip? This is one I really like. You'll like it even better when I get close to the mic. Yes. Yeah. Generic post-it notes. A lot of us have 35 millimeter, it doesn't matter the size, of slides in our family history, and we scan them. And a lot of those are in cardboard mounts. And even the cleanest one has lots of little dusticles on them. Dusticles. (laughs) Yes. You can blow them with air. You can run them through a commercial uh, dusting unit, and you'll scan them, and they're still there. The little bastards are still there. It's a lot of retouching. This is what I do for a living. I scan a lot of slides for people. And one of my secrets is a generic Post-it note. Why generic? They're not quite as sticky as a real Post-it note. Uh, And I literally put it on the surface of the slide, and I pull it up. Pulls the dust right off. Pulls the dust right so up. So it's a dusticle remover. It's a dusticle remover, and then I do both sides. And if I do what looks like a perfectly clean slide, scan it, and then do the post-it note thing, it's clean. You scan them, and you'll see the tiny bits disappear. It's kind of like, do any of you know what clay bar is for a car? Yeah, clay bar. Just sucks the dirt out of the paint on your car. It's the same way, huh. and that's it. Put it in the corner, pull it off, flip it around. I'd much prefer to go through a small stack of these generic post-it notes than to spend that time cleaning the dust out of these. And it fits right up in the corner. doesn't matter if it's an 828, a 120, a 35. Wow. There you go. Thank you. What are generic post-it notes called since they can't use the post-it? They'll call them sticky notes a lot okay, of times. Yeah. yeah. So you're welcome. Uh, next up, I don't know what camera this is going to be. It's sort of a surprise segment for me. Uh, Mr. Mark Dalzell has a camera he's going to talk about, and he's bringing out all sorts of cool stuff, including a lens under a glass dome. What do you got? Well, I'm talking about the Kodak Retina Reflex S. Mm, nice. This is this is sort of an interesting camera. If you if you buy and are around as many cameras as I am on a you know regular basis, the idea of a Kodak SLR camera is kind of unusual. They didn't really do a lot of SLRs, but um, this is the Reflex S. This was produced in 1959-1960. Uh, it's a full-featured SLR. Th- you know, to put it into context, this came out in 1959. This came out the same year as the Nikon F did. It came out the same year as the Canon Canon Flex did. It came out the same year as the Minolta SR2 did. Like, this was a really serious year for cameras. It was. And Kodak kind of snuck in under the wire with this. This came, This was about half the price of what the Nikon F was. And what you got for that is a fairly full-featured SLR. What kind um, of film did you say? I didn't say film. Oh, what kind of film does it take? Oh, does it take? Yeah. Oh, 35. Oh, 35. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a pretty full-featured SLR. It's uh, got removable lenses. This had about 18 oh. different lenses that were available mm-hmm. for it. It's a completely unique system just for this camera, basically, and I think one one other before it. But And what you've got is you've got the shutter in the body, but the aperture is in the lens. Uh, so the two of them kind of work together. But it's but to be it's a lens shutter, not a focal plane shutter. Yes. Yeah, like a leaf shutter. It doesn't have, you know, it's still, they haven't quite finalized the design of what 
you know what would eventually become the standard, which was basically the Nikon F. But when all, you know when all these cameras came out, they didn't realize uh, this has a selenium meter built into the body. This particular one, this is in really nice shape. My the meter works, but it's not super accurate. I, I absolutely don't trust it at all. It's got everything else you would want. It's uh, it's got a full range of shutter speeds from um, one second up to five hundred, which is adequate. Uh, it also has. If you ever see this, this took me a long time to figure out what this does, but this goes down as far as bulb so the all the shutter speeds are written in black and then bulb is written in green and then on the other side of bulb are a bunch of numbers 4 8 15 30 60 125 250 but they're written in green those are second markings and i had read that before and i thought well you know i set it to, to eight and i hit the shutter and it just closed right away i'm like well that's not doing eight seconds i don't understand i finally finally realized what that actually is is that's when you meter it you mark that on there so I can set it to 30 seconds, and then you use a cable release and a stopwatch, and that's just to remind you that you need to shoot it for 30 seconds. Wow. Oh. It's not actually... So it's a reminder. Okay. Not, it, yeah, so yeah. the green numbers are just reminder numbers. Oh, okay. Oh, so and, like those cameras with this dial on top and for the type of film mm-hmm. you're using. Yeah, It doesn't basically. do anything but remind so, you. So the bulb is green, and all of the green numbers are just oh. bulb settings. Okay. Okay. So if it's eight seconds, you just you're just you doing an eight. You don't don't forget eight second bulb, sixteen second bulb. So that's what the green numbers are for. So they're helpful. Yeah, they're they're helpful, but uh, not maybe not super useful. I don't know if I would ever use this camera to be doing two hundred and fifty second exposures. Um, but they would because you don't have a a big focal plane shutter and lots of other moving parts. It would be a little bit less vibration, perhaps. That's true. Well. Yeah, the leaf shutter is yeah very smooth. The uh, aperture. So again, it gets kind of weird. Everything's kind of geared together. The apertures are listed on the body portion. So if I take the lens off, the apertures are listed on the body. But because the different lenses had different apertures, the, all the apertures listed on the body are not necessarily the apertures that you get on the cam- on, on the camera, or you can shoot with on the camera. So I just put on a 2.8 50 millimeter lens. Mm-hmm. So now when I go to my aperture settings, it only lets me go as low as 2.8. It won't let me oh. shoot all the way down ah. to the 1.9, which is listed on the so body. So there is a fail save. Yes. There was such a thing as 1.9 lenses they made for it. Um, the other lens I have for it here in the little glass dome is a, is a 85 millimeter f4. When you put that on, it only lets you stop down to f4. So there is a fail safe that you can. Mm-hmm. You know. It's got the MXV timer, comp your timer on it. So you've got M and X sync. The V is your self timer. Uh, it's got a frame counter on the top. It's got your little film reminder on the top. It's got all the various things that you would expect. Uh, the only other thing that's a little interesting about it is uh, bottom the winder. bottom winder. I'm and always, once you get used to that, don't you like it? I'm a fan of bottom winders. Yes. The Ansco Mark M was one of my first cameras, and I and I and I loved it. There's a Rapid Canon 35 that does that bottom winding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Where so, was that made? Germany. Uh huh. This is a German Kodak. Yes. Which is why it's. It's 50 considered years old and it's working great. It's considered one of old. Kodak's finest cameras. Yeah, it's great. I love it. This one is in great shape. Um, it's got a pretty good solid shutter sound. Uh, it has, uh, uh, again, that sort of 50s technology where when you shoot the picture, it, the, the mirror stays up. You have to wind uh-huh, it to get to the get mirror the, down. Okay. So once you shoot the, you know, if you, if you see one of these at an estate sale and you wind it and shoot it and the window stays black, that's why, because you need to wind it to to cock the mirror, you know, to to drag the mirror back down again. But it did not have an instant return mirror. No, definitely not. Um, does have an accessory cold shoe on the top um, and the PC port, so you can use any modern flash. You're good to go. And uh, like I said, there were 18 different lenses available for it. Anything from uh, 
they had a 50 millimeter 1.9 uh, all the way up to a 200 millimeter um, telephoto lens. That one looks brand new. It's it's inc- when you bought it, was it in that fantastic of a condition? It just it's it amazing. Is, yeah, it's gorgeous. I've, I've I've put two rolls through it, but otherwise, yeah, I've kept really good shape. It it came in the Everready the leather Everready case too, so I think it's just lived its whole life in its case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, there was one other accessory that was available for it, which is the Retina close-up lens set. Ooh. And this this is a lens set that only worked on the the Reflex S. Um, and it's they're actually I, I, I'm not sure. We just I know we talked about the series lenses on the last episode. These are not marked normally. They're marked with what I would call apertures. So this one is a one to four point five. One of them is one to three two, and one of them is one to two point five. I don't know what that means. Um, unless they're saying it's one to four, one to three, and one to two, maybe. Oh, from life size, would, like one to one would be life size. A, they give you a two, three, four, and yeah. there's not a one. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. Do those thread direct, or do they need a retaining? No, they they thread, they thread onto thread the lens direct. itself. And then the lens itself also it has so this is a a, mm-hmm. a 32 millimeter thread, but then they also have a, an internal bayonet that I'm assuming there was a lens shade available yeah, for. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but my, mine didn't come with that. Yeah. And these also came with a little white plastic cover that snapped over the selenium meter for direct light reading uh, which wow. also which I also do not have but yeah great little camera I'm not usually a fan of the Kodak cameras <clears throat> to me they always kind of feel tinny and I don't like that sort of stamped aluminum but this one I mean this is a, this is a solid camera mm-hmm. solid SLR and uh, like I said I shot with it I love the results I got sharp the colors were awesome you know but we uh, you'll I, shoot I with that again test. I will yeah I'm going to put another roll of the, through this for sure before it goes on the shelf some of the, some of those old uh, retina reflexes. The biggest problem I think I find over the years, apart from the shutter problems as they age, would be that the delamination of the mirror, silvering in the in the in the pentaprism. This one does have some spots on it, but yeah. not too bad. Not not enough uh, to make you say, "Oh, I can't use this." Yeah, it's not not that distracting. I, I do have cameras that are pretty bad, but yeah, this one's pretty good. Thank you, Mark. Thanks. When we come back, we're going to be doing a uh, book. A second book called David Plowden. He's the author. What is the name of it? Thanks. The Hand of Man on America. <laughs> awesome. We'll be right back. A brand new outboard motor. Adventure ahead. Only seconds to take this wonderful picture. But that's time enough for Mom and her new Ansco Cadet. The A-plus snapshot camera from Ansco that's always ready when you are. Hasn't this happened to you? You see a great picture like this, but it's gone before you can focus your camera. But not with the Cadet. You just set this pointer, look through the picture window viewfinder, and it's yours in color or black and white. No focusing, no dials, no nonsense. No need to pass up those night shots either. Just clip on the Cadet flash unit and you've got it, just as you saw it. The complete Cadet camera outfit. Everything you need for easy picture taking is yours for only $11.95. Whether it's color films, black and white films, cameras, or projectors, if it's from Ansco, you know it's A+. Hey, we're back. So, tell us about this book, Mr. Mark O'Brien. I picked this up actually at the thrift shop that we were at oh, a while back. How about that? Yeah, and at the, at the Recycle Reuse. How much did it cost? I think I paid a dollar for okay. it. Published back in the mid-70s by David Plowden, who's still alive. He has, he's got a website still, published in 1971. 
And it's images of rural and urban America. Some of it is in decay. Some of it is typical scenes that you would find even today in, in these areas. What really struck me was it was showing how we have altered the landscape mm-hmm. for good or bad. The effect of time and change of technology on the urban landscape as well. A little bit of backstory. David Plowden got to start w- working with Weston Link or O. Weston Link on train photography. That took place, what, back in the 50s, early 60s or so? So a lot of his photography of, of Plowden's actually has a lot to do with, with, with trains and, and, and railroads and so forth. And so he has all these images of places which were former or ferries, um, for example. And some of these are down in Connecticut and in more urban centers. And how when, they, when the railroads went through, it changed everything. But then what, and it improved some areas and didn't improve others. But then when they took out the passenger service, it really trashed some areas that people no longer had access to the trains. They were all just running freight trains. And we see that all the time. You know, it's like America has the worst passenger rail service in the world, probably. And it's the hand of man on America. And so this book, even though it was printed in 1971, it's all black and white images, is just as good now to look at in terms of how we change the landscape as it was when it was done back in the seven, in 1971, which was the dawn of the whole explosion of concern about the environment. Yep. And which you know, when was the first Earth Day? 1970, 71. It was all the uh, the ad campaigns with the Indian with the tear. Right. Right. Trash. Bad water, yeah, really, yeah, Yeah. pollution, and people, you know, and politically, you would think that having clean water and clean air would be a good idea, but um, as we know, no one cares. Yeah, they, they, until it affects them personally, right? Then they care. This is a really fantastic book. I highly recommend. David Plowden's got he's got a website, and you can look at some of the other work he's done. But it's fantastic photography, and uh, I highly recommend any of his books, but especially this one. So when you saw this at the Recycle Mart, you already knew the author. Yeah, I said, "Oh, I've got one of his books," and and I and so when I I read this and I, and I go, "Oh, yeah, I, I look up more of his work," and I didn't realize he was still still working. In fact, he was um, at one of the Michigan colleges. One of the people in our crappy camera club said, "Oh, I had him for a semester. He taught a course in photography." And I go, "Really?" And so I thought, "Wow, wow!" So I looked him up, you know, and I, and he's so he's still still working, still publishing. And so I sent an email and said, you know, basically said how much I like this book. I didn't hear back, but it probably went to, you know, some intern somewhere. Well, thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Before we wrap the show up, we're going to have one more minute tip. Minute or less tip from Leslie Lazenby. What is it? I (laughs) used to always print contact sheets. Yeah. Love contact sheets. What is a contact sheet? Contact sheet is when you put your negatives directly on a piece of paper, expose it, and then you've got a little record that shows you exposure, Mm. primarily negative numbers. A lot of times people would edit from those. And I always made contact sheets from my negatives. Always did. Then the negatives are in a print file sheet, mm-hmm. contact sheets with it. It's filed in a binder. Well, we don't get in the darkroom nearly as much as we used to. But a standard 35 millimeter or 120 or 4x5 print file or anybody's brand contact sheet fits perfectly on the bed of your v700 epson printer it does it does you can on the scanner 
That is a that is a digital contact sheet, oh, wow. and I, I put it on. The paper seemed like it was. It's a little jet. different. Yeah. yeah. Yep. A little different. So now I can have my contact sheets, print them out as soon as my nags are done, get them filed away. Don't have to fire the dark room up for two or three sheets of paper and uh, save that time for something later on. I should do that with mine. You can either three-hole punch those and put it Mm -hmm. with them, or this whole thing will actually fit into an 8.5 by 11 master sheet and put them together and flip them. But that's the tip. You can make contact sheets with your V700. I used to do that years ago, and we had a full-page scanner at work, and of course Ah. now I have my own V700, and... I just never get around to doing that. If I'm using them for informational and I've got a bad exposure, I can also go in and select it in Photoshop. It depends on how I'm feeling about that contact sheet. I may want an exact representation to the other frames beside it. Um, In this case, I think these bottom two I adjusted a little bit, but whatever. So you can even, you know, customize your contact sheets a little bit, but... And there may be some people who don't even have a dark room, and so this is a way of having a contact sheet... Without a dark room, without you don't need an enlarger to do a contact sheet, but you do need a dark. If you're doing all your printing digitally and from scans, then this makes a really a great amount of sense. Thank you, Leslie. You you write on the top of your print files, yeah, and of course it shows up on here, yeah. so your data shows up as well. Yeah, there you go. Very positive on a negative topic. That's right. We'd like to hear from you, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Please do write us this summer. Let us know what you're doing this summer, what you're shooting, uh, what kind of cameras you're going to be using. Just you know, keep in touch with us. We will be taking our summer vacation. I want to thank everyone for joining us. It's been awesome, and we'll see you again sometime in September. And I want to thank everyone for joining us. It's been awesome. It really has. Great fun. Great oh, yeah. fun. Thank you, Mike. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah.
去。